Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. And if you know me, you know I love the 20s era. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris and uncover a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. We're all here because we love drama and thrills, right? Well, this game has the perfect twists and turns to keep your brain asking, what happened here? You can chat and play with or against others by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another pop culture episode of Beyond the Blinds. It's me, Kelly Williams. And Troy McEady. And to start off the week, I would like to talk about my experience at the O-Town concert. I'm dying to hear it. So I was supposed to see Ariana Maddox, but she got um, COVID and had to cancel her show. And my girlfriend and I were sitting on the couch and I was like, so I know you're sad about Ariana. But O-Town's also in town, and I would like to go to that. And she was like, okay, fine. She's like, I know you wanted to see O-Town more than Ariana to begin with. Um, so like, I've been having liquid dreams, and I'd really like to go to that concert. <laughs> I need people to know, like, O-Town was my number, probably two boy band. Because once I found out Backstreet Boys and NSYNC didn't get along, I was like, fuck NSYNC for life. Right. They are not going to make it into my top 10. Not even, like, my top 20, even though now. Anyway. We're waiting in line and a woman turns around behind in front of us and she looks at us. She's like, how many of these have you been to? And I was like, oh, like I saw them in 2019 with like Aaron Carter and Ryan Cabrera. But, you know, I haven't gone to a lot of these. And she's like, a lot of people go to a lot of these shows. (laughs) I'm like, cool. Like, tell me everything because I took an edible and I'm so stoned. So she told me that O-Town has groupies called Townies. And um, I saw the townies, they were all wearing Santa hats. And on each hat, they were wearing a different member on their hat. So it was like Jacob, Dan, just, (laughs) I'm glad I got to witness them. So the show starts and luckily I had eyes on Chris Kirkpatrick because he's hosting the show. He looked much better than when I ran into him in good old 2019. Um, Lost weight hair plugs. That is, I'm like, why does he look better? And it's because he got hair plugs. He's always loved a hair system. For sure. And he looks great. So Chris Kirkpatrick, I'm glad. I'm happy for you. Um, But this band called C-Note opened. And C-Note was a product of Lou Pearlman. They had one song 20 years ago, haven't performed since. Yeah, I remember. I don't know the song, but I remember the name of the band. So this was their first performance in 20 years. And they did their best is what I'll say. Okay. Can I ask you a question? Of course. Was the concert as depressing as it looked, as them performing on TikTok has seemed? No, I'm about to say justice for O-Town, honestly. Okay, good. Because whatever they were at, I think was just kind of like an open air performance, like you could come and go. 
You know the video I'm talking about. I know exactly the video you're talking about. In O-Town comes out and the place fucking erupts. It's actually at Sony Music Hall where we're seeing Hayden. Oh, sweet. Okay. So the place goes fucking crazy. They open up with Liquid Dreams. <laughs> I'm losing my mind because, again, I fucking love O-Town. I love a B-list boy band. It's my thing. And, like, I'm singing along and I'm like, wow, O-Town was way hornier than I remembered. So <laughs> horny. That's, like, one of the horniest songs I've ever heard. All of their songs are just like, we're going to bump and grind and we're going to fuck. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm going to come eventually. <laughs> so... So they're like doing their thing. They're doing great. Tons of energy. Then all of a sudden, Brad Fischetti, the last remaining member of O-Town, pops up. And I'm like, this is going to be sad. So he puts his microphone stand out with two pairs of Adidas to honor Rich and Devin. And O-Town sings along with LFO or with Brad. It's fun. And then Brad goes on a speech where he says, like, Devin is one of the most gifted singers he ever met, which I agree with. Devin's voice was incredible. If you go back and listen to LFO... He's like probably one of the best voices any boy band or ever had any boy band. I'm sorry. And then he lets like just part of the track play and it's just Devin singing and everyone like turns their back to the fans and puts their hand up to like praise Devin. So then they're singing again and they start singing summer girls and he's like rich sing it. And everyone again turns their back and puts their hand up in the air to like praise rich And I got like really choked up because I thought it was like beautiful. Yeah. And then O-Town continues to sing and Chris Kirkpatrick came out and they sang, um, they sang, what's that? Um, Drive Myself Crazy. Okay. Bye, bye, bye. Tearing up my heart and it's going to be me. So O-Town sang that with Chris? With Chris, did the dance moves, did everything. And they Uh, kept joking, we're going to lose Chris in March and April for a while. So I don't know if there is going to be some like announcement with NSYNC, but they kept saying like, we're going to lose Chris for a little bit. Interesting. And honestly, it was so much fun. Listen, if O-Town is coming to your town, I took an edible and had the best time of my life. And if you know, like, three of their songs, that's really all you need to know. Because they sing, like, Cry Me a River. They sing a bunch of other boy band songs. I mean, honestly, I can't think of anything more fun. Like, it's just, like, it's a a very low stakes, not expensive, just, like, millennial jerk off. Right. It was 50 bucks a ticket. It was seated, like, City Winery. Okay. And at the end, Blair actually said, I'm glad we did this because I don't think I would have had as much fun at Ariana. Oh, (laughs) also good for O-Town. Like, lean in. It's so good. And they don't need Ashley Parker Angel. He was the face of the band, but never sang. Yeah. And Eric Michael Estrada, number one, beautiful man. And his voice is so good. And um, the whole time... Now that we do this full time and like, I'm not drinking. So I think edibles opened my mind in a different way. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, O-Town was the original One Direction. Like all five of those boys had such distinct looks, mm-hmm. distinct, distinct voices that if they were big during Tumblr era, like O-Town would have been it. And they were much more um, diverse for the time. For sure. Which is like, like you said, very One Direction hmm and yeah what's his what's that guy's name eric eric michael estrada <laughs> it was like everything i actually now that you're mentioning it i i did see o-town because they opened for britney back mm-hmm. in the day 
and I forgot like um of course the whole like auditorium was like booing them or whatever because you know like people are haters and it was like a different time but I would love to see them now honestly I think everyone should go like I said even if you don't know a ton of songs like Chris getting in and singing I know for a while Lance Bass hosted this show I know Drew Lachey did so it is just fun to be around like other people who are excited for 90s boy bands people had fucking in-sync posters that they were holding up well it's only a matter of time before Justin comes to terms with his fame and he shows up (laughs) and one last O-Town obsession thing what they'll do is they'll sell a t-shirt and you pay like $100, I think you get a shirt and then a selfie with each member. Oh, cool. And I thought that was so nice. Like, they're very aware that they need, like, fans. Yeah, and the money. Right. So, yeah, so that's my O-Town journey. And everyone go stream All or Nothing, because I think that's the best boy band song of all time. (laughs) Um, Well, I wanted to talk about this. I don't know if you have been following this or not. But a lot of people believe that Hugh Jackman is soft launching a relationship with Anthony from Queer Eye. So I didn't think anything of that until I forget which creator I saw on TikTok that expanded the image of the Chiefs game to mm-hmm. show Hugh and Anthony like right next to each other. Mm-hmm. And so we just recorded a episode with Kyle Marissa from TikTok and we actually talked a lot about Hugh Jackman. And she said that she felt like um Hugh was gonna like kind of soft launch coming out of the closet and as a not really as a means of like trying to like be a part of the community or be open or whatever but more so because of his association with Brian Singer and I really would not be surprised if because like Anthony is kind of the perfect in the way that we talk about Julian Huch being the perfect beard Anthony is kind of like the perfect soft launch boyfriend because hasn't Anthony been like I am bi I have dated women yeah so he's not like gay gay <laughs> right. and people he's not um uh, right he's not like aggressively anything mm-hmm. he's not aggressively famous you know what I mean like he's just kind of somebody that like if he shows up somewhere it's not weird to see him like at that Chiefs game it's like okay yeah Anthony was in the box like okay Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you look on TikTok, it's having a moment and it's interesting because it's like people like us that are like, oh, this is kind of exciting to see like where this goes. And then it's the locals being like, Hugh Jackman's gay, like who have never, ever thought about it or ever had an inkling. It seems like 2024 is going to be the year of Hugh Jackman's um, public persona shifting I don't know if I could say like where it's going to go or if he'll be held responsible for his relationship with Brian Singer or if some interviewer will actually be brave and ask him an uncomfortable question that might be asking too much. But it does seem like things are going to change now that he's like not married. That's what all the rumors are saying. And honestly, like I would I hate to use the term like guinea pig or something like that. But Mm -hmm. Hugh Jackman being the one of the first of like the superheroes to come out. I am so interested to see how that would go. I know. I know. And is is it going to be a Kevin Spacey thing where him coming out gets overshadowed by his relationship with Brian Singer? Like, mm-hmm. it's just a lot. It's like a house of cards right now. No pun intended. He comes out. Chris Pratt's going to be like, we never filmed a movie together, right? I never did. 
that Hugh Jackman. And also, if you listen to our Hugh Jackman episode, you know, it was alleged that he had this like situation with Ryan Reynolds and that he's like friends with Blake. And then they were walking around my neighborhood together, getting pop walked. And I'm like, it just seems like something's happening. Like things are bubbling. I totally agree with you. Quick question about Queer Eye. This is something that came out a few weeks ago, but everyone was like shocked that Bobby is leaving Queer Eye. I feel like you could see that season one, episode one, that Bobby hated being there. Or like the guys did not enjoy Bobby being there. I don't think that they get along. No, I mean, Bobby works. (laughs) Yeah. And there's, I wish that I could find it. It was just something that I liked. If I can go back in my likes and find it, I'll post it. But this guy actually had posted, um, who like worked on in like television production that the Queer Eye cast is, like, wildly open about how much they don't like each other, like, on set and stuff. They don't get along. And I had heard years, like, a couple years ago that, um, oh, God, Karamo was, like, the biggest liability. And I believe that he is, like, the one that they all hate the most because he goes around telling people that he's a um therapist and that he's licensed. And, like, he's a he's a big uh red flag for like the show because he can't legally be going around selling people that he's an actual therapist you know and karamo when i saw him on that show i was like out of everyone to ever be on the real world it's karamo i know shocking he's like oh in my opinion i i he seems unwell to me like he seems very delusional and just based on what I've heard, like he seems to be at the center of a lot of the drama on the show. And I don't think any of them really get along with him. No, I feel like Karamo tries to give what Drew Barrymore actually gives. Yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah. He tries to give love and light, but it's not genuine. Going back to boy bands for a second, I need to say Kanye West sampled everybody by Backstreet Boys. Mm-hmm. And it's been big. And I've been like, <laughs> these boys better fucking say something. And I know. I've dealt with a lot of stuff the Backstreet Boys have done. But luckily on TMZ, T- uh, Backstreet Boys have said they did not give the okay. They they were not behind it. Now, because I was ready for AJ McLean to do what he does and be like, see, we're still cool. I'm like, not, right. this one, not this one. Sit this one out. And I just have to say in this 30 minute seg- or 30 second segment, I'm so glad they didn't okay it. Well, with that being said, he also just premiered Northwest's um, sample in his new song. So it's like her official first song. And I'm just like, can Northwest turn 12? Yeah, like, can Northwest have a single moment of not being like a product to this family? What's so interesting is I've been thinking a lot about how like Blue Ivy is featured in Renaissance. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, why are people so okay with that? And I guess it's because it's not being like so shoved in our face, if that's yeah. the best way to put it. Yeah. And I think Blue Ivy, I mean, I I don't know. It's like a weird comparison though, because she's also so young. Right. But Blue Ivy seems like this moment was like, she was ready for this moment and she wanted it really bad. And she had to kind of beg her mom for it and- I wouldn't even say that Beyonce was so on board with it initially, but Blue Ivy genuinely just wanted it so bad 
Whereas North and the Kardashian kids, it's like they don't seem to have much of like a choice yeah. how exposed they are. And honestly, even asking that question, I feel really gross because they're like young girls and I'm sure they're going to be like pit together their whole life. So I do apologize. I shouldn't have even like brought that up. No, I mean, it's a fair, I mean, Blue Ivy was such a big part of the documentary and Beyonce was so open about the fact that she was like really scared for her to go out on stage and stuff. And, and of course it's like, she dealt with people being really mean and the exact thing happened that they didn't want to happen. It just feels like Blue Ivy is handled more so with like children's gloves, whereas North is just a walking advertisement for that family. Yeah, they really treat adult um, North more like an adult, which yeah. isn't fair to North. They treat her like a full ass grown woman. It's very odd to me. So you guys may or may not have heard that Sean Mendez is the newest celebrity to allegedly be a part of a cult. And the cult, just so that people can Google it if they want, is called the Modern Mystery School. Um, it's the same cult that Miley Cyrus was tied to. Okay. But Miley, it seems like she's deleted any like photos or anything from that time when people were saying that she was a part of it. But this girl that Sean Mendez is allegedly dating, um, he has been posting pictures with her of them doing like their practices or whatever. I just wanted to talk about this cult for a second because it's really, I mean, we love cults on this podcast. Beyond the Blinds, we are, we're very into cults. And when a new cult shows up, it's like very interesting. So a new cult has entered the villa. <laughs> oh, and so it's an MLM. Um, it's a classic MLM. It's a pyramid scheme. And it seems like the whole point is to like, they say is like to help, you know, solve world, whatever. They always do that. Like the heal world and world peace and also for everybody to become wealthy, but it's run by this guy named Gundy. I believe his last name was pronounced Gundelson. I could be wrong about that. Um, but he believes that he is a direct descendant of Thor, of the god Thor. And it's a classic MLM in the sense that it requires a lot of recruiting and you spend years and years and years and years in these classes and in these workshops, but also recruiting. So it's also very Scientology, which it just feels like all modern cults, like just take Scientology's approach really. Um, but it's also very comparable to Nexium because there is a lot of sexual like coercion that goes on. And like people that have left this cult have said that they were 1000% sexually exploited and forced to do stuff that they were very uncomfortable with. Um, and yeah, you spend years and years in these, these classes. And I just want to read the names of some of the classes because they are insane. And this isn't all of them, but um, sacred geometry, meditations, max meditation systems, sanctuary meditations, Alchemy, <laughs> Wicca, Universal Hermetic Ray Kabbalah, um, Elements Magics, Advanced Ritual Master Training, Etheric Reconstruction, and King Solomon Healing Medita Meditation, 
And what I forgot to mention is that this cult is based on magic and martial arts. And what like in the, Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> like in the way that you at the end of Scientology, like you get, you know, you get the suitcase and they tell you about um the aliens or whatever. And this one you get like a wand, like you get like a Harry Potter wand. And like the whole point is that you learn how to do magic and Gundy is like the highest priest magic whatever he's full of all these magic powers and he can do spells and alchemy and stuff and sean mendez is in this cult right now sean mendez baby girl what are you up to what are you doing like how can how do you get to the point that you're that vulnerable it's because he can't live his truth honestly yeah I really feel that. I feel like when people go so long, they can't live their truth. They like act out in different ways. Yeah. And they seek weird like approvals and different guidance. Yeah. Guidance. And this one being run by this like weird guy. Like, I don't know. It's just crazy. I, I... Honestly, there's a part of me that I'm like, Sean Mendes, would you rather people talk about you maybe being in a cult than like maybe being gay? Like, which one? Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, what's worse? Th- people thinking that you believe this guy, Th- Thor, Thor's son or whatever, is magic. Or that you just occasionally like a dick in your mouth. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I feel like Sean Mendes. I don't know if I want to say would have been better off with someone like Scooter Braun, but it's really weird to see how Sean Mendez's career has taken such a turn. Yeah. And it feels like it's really been hindered by him not being able to just be open. Like if anything, I feel like he would be somebody that would blow up way more. I mean, yeah, they even tried to make him dating Camilla again over the summer. I know. And that, that didn't stick in there like shit. And, Sean Mendes is like, well, I live in Miami and this cult is in Miami, so I'll just join that instead. He has a horrible team. Horrible team. Ugh. Um, so I went to the movies. Oh. I went to Alamo Draft House for the first time ever. Oh my God, are you kidding? Did it you was, love it? I loved it. I thought the food was so fucking good. I was shocked at how good the food was. What'd you what'd you order? I just got a margarita pizza. And then Blair got a pizza and um, I hate pickles. She got pickle spears and loved both. I I also hate pickles, but I it's my favorite. It is hands down my favorite place to see a movie. I've never gone to the movies and like I saw the Hunger Games, the new Hunger Games movie. Oh, cool. Okay. And usually that's a movie where I'm like, I, I can go pee really quick. I'll be back in like five minutes. But like somehow it made me want to stay. I didn't want to get up and go around a table. Like I sat there the whole movie and didn't get up once. It's so fun. Did you see any silly previews before? Um, I forget what they were. There was some like black and white movie with like a dog. Yeah, they always show like really silly um previews before the movie starts. But how how was the movie? So I read all the original Hunger Games books. That was kind of like my like Harry Potter or Twilight. I was obsessed with the Hunger Games. And I guess I didn't realize how much singing would be in this movie. And it's called like Songbird and Snakes or something like that. I forget exactly the the title, but there was like too much singing. Was it a musical? No, but like, and at first it's like, 
kind of how Katniss would like rebel and this girl's rebellion was singing so when she got like picked in the reaping she sang to the capital and the thing in district 12 is they have like these work songs type of thing and at first i was like cool that's cool that she's doing this to like show her defiance right so the first part of the movie is really good that's when they're in the hunger games and then after that it's post hunger games and um president snow becomes like a peacekeeper and he gets sent to district 12 and apparently she's like a singer there lucy gray keeps singing and she sings like a lot so much where i was kind of like girl this is an american idol (laughs) and i don't know if that was just a bothering thing for me or if people saw that and they were like this is beautiful that she uses her voice to like show her power so i see both sides but Mm -hmm. for me just a bit too much singing but i do think overall it was a like good movie Well, I was going to say, because you know that, like, so many of the movies coming out are, like, trying to hide that they're musicals, which I think is... Sneaky. It's so sneaky and so stupid, because it's like, there are are lots of people that go to the movies to see musicals. Like, you're literally alienating those people. I love musicals. I fucking... I saw Hairspray three times in theaters. That's who I am as a person. (laughs) But I like to know what I'm getting into. Yeah, of course. I, I I personally didn't know that Mean Girls was a musical. And it and they say they all of them have this little like um a new adaption or like a new take. Like they don't say that it's a musical, but they say that it's a new take on the movie. And it's from the mind of Tina Fey. Right. It's like but yeah. musical, but yeah. Overall, I think the Hunger Games movie was good. If you like the original movies, definitely see it. Just be prepared for like a lot more singing than you ever expected to see in a fucking Hunger Games movie. Because even when Jennifer Lawrence sang like in the original, I got what it was for, but I didn't expect to hear the fucking Hanging Man song on the radio. (laughs) Yeah. That's so interesting. (laughs) Um, I wanted to give my weekly Bravo update because there's a lot going on right now at Bravo. So we got to talk about this recent Real Housewives of Beverly Hills episode with Denise Richards. I know that everybody has like a take on it. Everybody on the internet is talking about it right now. (laughs) I felt really bad for Denise. I just... 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios in Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliei was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she is returning as a judge to find out what two weeks of 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with internet's best converting checkouts. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% off all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash blinds, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash blinds now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash blinds. She's had such bad luck on this show. And I listened to her interview with Bethany Frankel and she talked about how like even midway through filming her season that she was on, like she was coming at this as reality. Like she was showing up places wearing jeans and a t-shirt because that's what you do when you go get coffee at noon. You don't show up in a latex bodysuit. You know what I mean? And like, she never really quite got that. Like these women are kind of doing characters and I just felt really bad because she's so she just seems very genuine. And I don't think that reality TV is like the best format for her, especially Real Housewives where everybody is like out for blood. Like, I don't know. But she showed up to that that like weed party and she clearly had, you know, she had probably drank before because I feel like she was probably nervous. And it got the best of her and she was so fucked up. She was so fucked up. Like, oh, it was just not a good look. It, it, I felt really bad for her. I, I was just like the whole time I wanted it to end. But I was also like, this is the greatest television. Like nobody does a dinner party. I talk a lot of shit about Beverly Hills. But what I will say is that no Housewives franchise does a dinner party like Beverly Hills they have had the best most weird dysfunctional like just kooky weird dinner parties for the past however many years and that will go down in history like the upside down jacket and then her thinking that Dorit was like trying to like make her look bad it was just so embarrassing so I've been dipping a toe into Bravo and I pretty much see every other episode of Beverly Hills. <laughs> and I said that to my girlfriend. I was like, didn't she have a really bad time on the show? That's probably why when Dorit was even like, how are you? She was like, fuck you, get out of my face. Yeah. That was my first thought too. I'm shocked that more people don't see it that way. I think she was obviously trying to protect herself. And she was just like calling it as she saw it. Like, 
I mean, Denise or D- Dorit did like want her to look stupid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, she wasn't doing that out of the kindness of her heart. She was trying to make a moment and make Denise look like an idiot. And I just, I don't know. She Denise needs to stay off of this show, unfortunately. As much as I love her, it's just not for her. I do think one of my favorite parts, though, is when she was talking to Erica. I forget about what, but she just goes, she goes like, you're welcome. Then goes, thank you. Like, just responds yeah. to herself. And I was like, that's when you're, like, fucked up. And just, like, yeah. I think even listening to her talk during the dinner, she was just trying to get ahead of everything that could be said. Exactly. And that's crazy. People don't see it that way. Because she's had horrible dinner party experiences and she knew you know, that they were going to try and fuck with her. I also loved when she was walking with Kyle and she was like, she's like, um, in all this, uh, uh, and Kyle was like, what? Like Kyle's face was like, what the fuck? Um, I also just want to say that I have officially turned a new leaf with Erica Jane. I believe that Erica is having a great season. I think she's doing the exact thing that she should be doing, which is she like humbled herself. She's doing therapy on TV, which we know is like the reality TV. I mean, you know, we've all seen that. And she's just really likable this year. She's really fun and funny. And she's not really letting anything bother her. She's always been so serious. So it's nice to see her just being chill. Um, And then the last thing I wanted to say about Beverly Hills is like, listen, I know that for a lot of people, Kathy Hilton is like a, a a new thing for them. They got to know her on Bravo and they learned that she was silly and kooky and hunky-dory and, oh, is this a Red Bull? Like, we get it. She's a silly girl. But Kathy Hilton is also treacherous and fucking mean. And I be- I, I'm going to be honest, I believe what Lisa Renna said about Kathy Hilton, all the stuff that she said. I don't think that Kathy Hilton is a nice woman. And... I think that Kyle is very aware of a side of her that we don't know that's very intense. And I don't know. I just think I don't watch Paris in love religiously, but if you see her on that show, the way she treats Paris, like it's really, really despicable. It is so fucking mean. The way that I've only watched like two or three episodes of Paris in love, but the way Kathy doesn't even listen to Paris's story about Utah Mm -hmm. about her terrible time as a teenager being literally abused by everyone around her and instead of being like yeah that that must have been hard for you to go through she was like well you were a wild animal when you were a teenager yeah and then to say like she's like oh I read the book she didn't read that fucking book she read the parts of it that have her name in it and she's like, I'm just upset because your ghostwriter made me seem like something I'm not. Like, that's offensive on, like, so many levels. Right. Like, there are so many things to unpack there. But, like, she's a cold, mean woman. And I, I do I think that she can be silly and kooky and fun? Yeah. But I also think she knows that and she uses it manipulatively. Um. I mean, we saw it like last year when she would show up to apologize to Kyle about something and she would be acting really silly and goofy. And look, I wore these silly shoes and I brought a silly hat. Like she knows what she's doing. And that's not to say that Kyle is like some angel. I also believe that Kyle is an asshole and she exploits her sisters. 
and like in the most dark fucked up way but come on you guys Kathy is not all just hunky dory that's not all there is going on so speaking of TV shows, I got to talk about The Challenge. I've been holding back on talking mm. about this new season of The Challenge, but I can't do it anymore. This show is fucking horrible. Oh, no. Like, I've watched eight weeks of The Challenge and have hated every single moment other than Big T and Melissa Reeves. Everyone else sucks. And they're doing this thing where they're having, like, challengers come in and say if, like, I'll just, spoiler alert, Casey beat Big T in an elimination because who's going to beat Casey in an elimination? And Casey takes the $10,000. So previously, like, Devin won an elimination and took $10,000. These fucking challengers aren't like, you know what? Maybe I don't want to face, like, um, I'm trying to think, Olivia in a final. But I also don't want to keep having my money stolen. So let's just throw Olivia down and see if she can win. Mm Mm-hmm. They haven't figured that part out of the game. And it's so frustrating as a viewer, like big T in my opinion is kind of the new Anissa where the hate seems a little more like personal Mm. and maybe about like other things other than her performance. Mm -hmm. If you're catching what I'm putting down. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really hard to watch them gang up on like another great black female competitor, the way they did with Anissa. And they really broke Anissa down back in the day. Anissa was not terrible. You know what I mean? And I see that happening with Big T and it's so frustrating that like this show that I've spent 20 years watching just fucking sucks now. Don't you hate when producers fuck up your shit? Like, let me run the challenge, please. Yeah. Because the thing is, all these new people, they could have pulled like Shane. Shane's never won a um, a final. Fessy's never won a final. Mm -hmm. And you know, if I want Fessy back, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just, it's frustrating also because that's the kind of show that has like a really, really, really vocal fan base. It's not like the producers don't know what people want from the show. That's what makes it so annoying. You think I want to see Jay and Michelle running the challenge house? Are you on crack? Yeah. <laughs> I just, I had to say, and they keep trying to, they're bringing like these champions in to just do eliminations and I know people have their Cara Maria thoughts. I get it. Cara Maria should be the face of the challenge. I yeah. fully believe that. And now they're starting to put her in like commercials and stuff because she's coming in as a um, person for the elimination, a champion in the elimination. I'm like, fuck you, MTV. I'm not saying Cara Maria has done everything perfect, but like the way they treated her, it just disgusts me. I was actually... For whatever reason, I was watching a live the other day with her and Polly. Mm. <laughs> and like I had no idea that she has continued to lean into her fake accent. It's only gotten worse since I'd say bloodlines when she cousin, hey cousin. Oh my God. She was like, I'm sitting here looking at your beautiful face, and it's all I want to do is keep looking at how beautiful and shiny you are. I was like, who are you? <laughs> like, every once in a while, it would slip out with her, or she always had, like, a little one, I'll say. Yes. But then, like, once CT took her under her wing, she's like, yeah, what uh, what are you thinking about that? These fucking kids are so fucking stupid, huh? Like, my what? cousin's wicked cool, don't you think? I'm like, you don't need to put it on. Like, we have accents. They're just there. 
And then I don't know if you saw um that Paulie said in an interview like a few weeks ago that he has a um a blood fetish because <laughs> he's a vampire. Unfortunately for me, I missed that one, but I'm so glad you told me. So Paulie's a vampire apparently, and he he has a fetish for sucking blood. So <laughs> you know what? Maybe we don't need Car Maria back. I was just well I guess I should say speaking of um the challenge there is a new big brother little winter moment happening right now called reindeer games and I just want to talk about the cast for a second okay <laughs> there are some hits and there are some misses we have Brittany who is back which we all you know we love Brittany um Josh is fucking back you can keep them. You guys can keep Josh. Can you please stop making us watch Josh? Oh my fucking God. Please stop this madness. <laughs> uh, Xavier is fine. He's kind of just like nothing. Cameron was just on Big Brother literally a few weeks ago. And I just, he's the um, Matthew McConaughey cowboy. Okay. And I just think it's too soon. Like, I don't like when they bring people back on the show immediately, especially weeks later. All that to say, everybody is fine. All that to say, Nicole Frenzel is on this fucking show again. Nicole is probably my most hated Big Brother player in history. I fucking cannot stand this girl. And for and the fans do not fuck with Nicole. But for whatever reason, Allison Grodner, bitch, <laughs> I'm constantly addressing you by full name, Loves to bring this girl back on this show. She's been on Big Brother now like eight fucking times. And all she does the entire time is whine and try and find men that she can attach herself to that will bring her fucking stupid ass to the end. And I just cannot believe another... Um, I can't believe that I'm watching Nicole again on my fucking television. Um, But it seems... The show seems like it's going to be really silly and fun. I wish that there was a live feed, but I don't think that there is. And, you know, we'll take more Big Brother wherever we can get it. But I just had to complain about Nicole. Let's talk about microdosing. You know that just right feeling when your body and mind are really at peace, like after a workout or a nice long shower, when you're relaxed, focused, and a little energized, being, quote, in the zone? Well, microdosing can help you get into that zone easier and stay there longer. So for me, when I've taken these microdose gummies, I really like them before bed. They help me relax. I have a lot of trouble sleeping. A lot of thoughts run through my head, especially at 11 p.m. when I'm cuddled in bed and ready to sleep. But with the microdose gummies, it helps me relax and stay asleep, which is also something I struggle with. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code BLINDS to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's microdose.com code BLINDS, microdose.com code BLINDS for 30% off. I love gift giving, but it can really add up. That's why this holiday season, I'm shopping Quince. Quince is my go-to place for luxury essentials at affordable prices for everyone on my list, including me. Quince offers a range of high-quality items with prices within reach, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $50, washable silk tops and dresses, cotton sweaters, and comfy pants. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, 
That's why I'm giving the gift of Quince's buttery soft cashmere to my nearest and dearest this year. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. And I love that. You guys know I am a sucker for a Quince blanket. Um, that seems to be my favorite thing from this website. I love like a faux fur blanket. I love a, a throw. Like I love anything like that. Not just decoratively, but I just love being <laughs> swaddled in a blanket. And everybody on my list this year is getting a Quince blanket, whether they like it or not. I am very, 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 very into their weighted blankets, um, like super thick knits. And I will say I didn't really understand what the point of a weighted blanket was until I owned one. And I was like, oh, it's because this is like getting a literal hug from somebody all night long. Get affordable luxury for everyone on your list with Quince. Go to quince.com slash blinds for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash blinds to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash blinds. Now, it wouldn't be a pop culture kiki without a teen mom update. Yes. Ryan Edwards has been sen sentenced to 30 days in jail. Who knows if he'll be let out before the 30 days or be held. But the court was like pretty fucking mad. <laughs> Is that the, has he ever gone to jail? He has. I forget his longest stay, but he got released super early. Okay. Um, so yeah, so he's behind bars for 30 days and don't worry, his girlfriend has been posting on her Instagram story saying 30 days is nothing, baby. <laughs> God, They're that couple. And again, I can't recommend teen mom fans with a Z on Instagram more. If you guys just want to keep up to date with all the crazy shit happening. 30 days does not seem like long enough. Not for everything he's done over the past, like <laughs> however long he's been alive. <laughs> Right, since he was like 16. Um, and then there's a Leah update. So Leah's kind of getting a lot of shit right now. And it makes me mad because I am a Leah apologist first. Basically, she got a job working as a waitress. And she said, you know, I want to show my girls that you do have, the girls is, that you do have to work hard for what you want. So she's been working at a restaurant and fucking um, Lance Bass, her ex-husband, walks in, Jeremy, he walked in apparently with a bunch of guys and a girlfriend and started like threatening Leah allegedly so much so that Leah was able to get a temporary restraining order immediately against him. God. And I think they have court later this week and like nothing's really come out about the altercation other than, you know, uh, Jeremy, his friends and his girlfriend showed up at Leah's place of work and made her feel unsafe. Oh my lord. That feels very like he's such a sneaky under under the radar asshole. It's the quiet ones. He gets away with it, I think, because when he was with Leah, she was in her deep, deep addiction. Right. And he he was like there for her and the girls, basically. He got a good edit. He did because he was so he like never even looked at those twin girls. Yeah. I and, when I rewatch episodes, I'm like, wow, Jeremy really was just like, those are not my children. Well, they made it seem like it was like 
he would be a better dad but unfortunately he has to go to the coal mines and like mm-hmm. you know he's a working man and it's the sacrifice they make in and Appalachia or whatever like he really got this like working man edit right when it's just like he's just an absent father yeah like he's just a piece of shit um speaking of pieces of shit I don't talk enough on this podcast about sister wives <laughs> yes and like I really need to just I just need to get these thoughts out of my brain so sister wives right now is in like a really interesting place because none of the women are with Cody anymore except for Robin and they so they've been doing this tell-all I think the third part of the tell-all just aired it's like their version of a reunion and they don't film together anymore at all so there's no like scenes of them sitting together on the couch or asking each other questions or anything like that and it's made it's like very 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 petty like super petty to the point that in one of the more recent tell-alls I think it was the second part Christine who is totally moved on has a new like a fiance husband whatever has moved out she told this story about Mary from years ago that Cody melted down his ring with Mary to like make whatever he wanted. And when she asked him about it, he told her that he didn't want any ties to her and he didn't want her to feel any sort of ownership of him. So he melted down their like wedding ring from that he gave her when they were like 18. And Mary had apparently been keeping this a secret for years and when she found out that Christine told that in her tell-all they had to refilm and Mary did like a post tell-all thing where she just was like she just basically read Christine down and was like that was not her story to tell like how dare she and now I've been outed and this really embarrassing story now I have to get ahead of and like if Mary couldn't look more pathetic, it's like, if anybody doesn't need to look more pathetic on television, it is Mary Brown who refuses to acknowledge that this man does not want to be with her anymore. And I don't know, it's just like, it's so much more petty now than it's ever been, but I kind of love it. And um, also Janelle is like totally moved on. Her She's like over Cody and like done with him. And Cody is like spiraling. And I have to say, like, I know that Robin gets a lot of hate and a lot of people don't like Robin for very good reason. But if there's one thing Robin is going to do, it's be consistent with her lies. Like, you really have to give Robin credit for the fact that she never breaks this character of like sad sister wife who just wishes she just wants the family and that's all she wants. Like, She's always fake crying and like, but she's so manipulative. And if you can clock it, you can see that she's super, super manipulative. In a nutshell, she doesn't want to have to work. So she's been keeping Mary in this very dark limbo where Cody has basically been like, I don't want you. And I want you to go move on with your life and like try and find some happiness. But then Robin will be like, please don't leave because we're sister wives and I want to be able to sit out on the porch with you and look at the mountains. So she keeps Mary in this limbo because she doesn't want to have to work. 
Well, I thought Mary left, so this is all shocking news for me. <laughs> she has finally. Oh, okay. Finally left after years of this. She did recently leave. So I actually saw the sister wives in person. Are they, you? <laughs> excuse me? They were, get, I went to Kelly Pickler's show in Nashville, Kelly and Ben. And the reason my friend Callie and I went is because um, the sister wives were the guests. And the tension on that stage was so uncomfortable. And of course, Kelly Pickler's like, so y'all, last kind of an uncomfortable for y'all. I was class of telling y'all. And it was just so awkward. And like, the way Cody's body language was, I would never want to be, number one, in a room alone with him, but also to see his bad side, like his anger. Like, yeah. just something about it was so, like, dark and swirly. And I was like, oh, I need to get away from this man and his weird fucking curls. <laughs> uh, he will not let go of those curls. He will absolutely not let go of his hair system. Um, Yeah, he's he's in a very, 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 very dark place. Like, he admitted um, in this most recent tell-all that he is self-sabotaging and he's, like, sabotaging his relationship with Robin and a lot of people say that Robin is like, she wants to be monogamous. And even the other sister wives will say like, Robin's only ever wanted to be a single um, wife. And I don't agree. I think Robin likes having worker bees. Mm. I think she likes having a bunch of different women with different incomes that they can, like she didn't even pay for her own home. She lives in a mansion. And I think, I want to say it was, uh, um, Janelle that like paid for her home like I think she likes having women that she can like they do think she doesn't work you know what I mean like she doesn't have a job I don't think she wants to have to like be with Cody alone deal with him and have to work yeah she's like an opportunist and so much internalized misogyny she can't even see through it yes and she pretends to be um like she'll say she does this thing where she says that she speaks Cody. So she wants to be around for all of their conversations because she speaks Cody, which in reality is just her being manipulative and trying to control what they say to each other. She almost sounds like she's like boy momming Cody. She is kind of boy momming. <laughs> she's always making excuses for him. It's like, oh, it's a nightmare. But Sister Wives has been incredible this year. I, I've heard rumors that it may not come back because I don't know what the hell the show would even be at this point. They all are live in different parts of whatever. But yeah, shout out to Sister Wives. Someone I don't want to talk about but have to, Selena Gomez. Over mm. the weekend, Selena Gomez really just kind of went nuts on social media. I don't know. I know that's probably not the best way to explain it, but she just decided to respond to everything she decided to go off and then, of course, do a pap walk with Taylor the next night. Yeah. Basically, she went on a rant about how she's with Benny Blanco now and it's the best relationship she's ever been in. She's never been happier and people need to get over it. And everyone's kind of like, well, we didn't know it was happening, so we can't like get over it right away. You know, okay. she posted a photo wearing a bee on her ring finger and made it clear, then said she wasn't engaged. And then what she's getting a lot of flack about is she posted or someone commented like you took a social media break right as the genocide was happen happening in Palestine. And she was like, yep, sure did. 
was kind of her response, basically. Selena Gomez, and I've actually heard, like, her mom is a real monster, allegedly. Like, her mom is, like, the stage mother. Mm-hmm. And Selena would rather just do her cooking show and her acting and leave it at that. But apparently in two months, Selena has a new album coming out, she said. She, like, I just can't explain her because, like, for a long time, she was able to hide behind Demi and Miley, right? Like, Demi was doing whatever Demi was doing. Miley was being wild and shaving her head and sticking her tongue out. But now Demi's quieted down on social media. Like, there's no one to hide behind anymore. And even Justin, to a point, right? Selena was able to hide behind him. But, like, Selena just seems so deeply unwell. And I don't know how else to put it. No, I get that. I think when you say, like, like you don't know where to even place her like who it's because we don't I don't think we know who she is Mm. I think that a lot of us have this idea of who she is and so much of it is fabricated and manufactured and then there's the other side of her that people don't want to accept right that we've read a ton about and I don't know I think I kind of feel the same way about her I'm just like I don't even know where to place you because I don't fucking know you because at first, with the Haley and Selena stuff, I was very like, you know what? Haley has done a lot of shady stuff. Like, I'm team Selena, whatever. And at this point, I'm just like, I need <laughs> Selena Gomez. Just like, I don't know what else to say other than like, she needs to take a true break from Hollywood. Yeah. Because I do think Justin Bieber is actually taking a break. He'll pop up here and there, but he is pretty quiet right now. No, I agree. I think she either needs to take a break or at some point decide I'm just going to be balls to the wall who I really am. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm not because like then there's this other side of her that's like promote kindness and all the all of that bullshit. And it's like, I just don't believe it. I don't think that she's a bad person. And I, I, I don't I'm not saying that, but I think that part of her career feels so manufactured to me. And it's almost crazy to me that people don't see it right and she's also opened up about her mental health so maybe it was something to do with like her bipolar she's talked about you Mm -hmm. know it could be a manic episode it could be so many things just I can't believe she doesn't have someone taking the phone out of her hand because in her documentary that was on Apple she was never alone yeah so like when you're that rich and famous, you could pay someone to slap the phone out of your hand. And I think Selena needs to pay someone to do that. All the Disney girls do, really. Yeah, so right. maybe I also want to give her like a little bit of grace because she's also a Disney kid, right? So there is more stuff to it, but I couldn't put my phone down. Yeah. It was almost reminiscent of like an Aaron Carter Instagram live watching her comment on everything and post everything and really just like like what am I watching well it also must be really hard for her too to have to like not like to not give authentic responses she must have just in my opinion when I saw it I was like oh she's just like on one tonight like she's just like fuck it fuck my team fuck these people fuck these fans fuck Disney fuck my contracts fuck my endorsements I don't give a fuck like I just want to pop off she was having a bad girls club moment. She was like, I'm, you're not getting any sleep. I didn't get any sleep because of you. And you're not going to get any sleep because of me. And she, that was her banging her pants to me. Wait, I love that. I don't, to everyone, forget about everything I just said and just take what Troy said. <laughs> she said, fuck it. 
Um, so circle back to Bravo. I have not really talked a lot about Potomac. I've just been saying that people should watch it, but not talk about what's happening on the actual show. There's a really weird storyline happening right now with Wendy, Dr. Wendy, if you will, and NECA, who is like the new housewife. And it's really like, this isn't the first time that we've had like a weird like race colorism kind of situation happening on Potomac. It's kind of known for it at this point. So Wendy and NECA are both Nigerian and they're having these conversations that in my opinion, just feel really, really uncomfortable. It feels like neither of them really even know what the fuck they're talking about. And they're accusing each other of like basically witchcraft. And it's just so like, do we really need a storyline on this show about Africans being associated with scary witchcraft? It's just like, so like, it just gives me goosebumps it gives me the ick. It just seems really, like, not okay. And this woman, Neka, like, I really want to like her. And she seems like, on her own, she would be a really cool housewife. But she's clearly, like, a super fan. Like, she's a fan of the show. And she knew who Dr. Wendy was. And I don't know. I just think it's sad that instead of coming on and being like, hey, cool, we're both Nigerian. Like, we have so much in common. Our families literally know each other she immediately went for the jugular and was like, your mom started a shrine and put cast spells on me and shit. It's just like, I don't know. It makes me uncomfortable. And also seeing like somebody like Ashley fucking bobbleheaded ass Ashley relaying this information and talking about this stuff that she has no business talking about. Like, if there's anybody on that show who should not be commenting on African shrines, it's Ashley Darby. My God. Um, it's just like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Also, this show is so broke. Like, this show, I don't understand the budget of the Real Housewives of Potomac, but why are they always going, like, their trip this season was to fucking Austin, Texas. Excuse me? The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills have gone to China. In England, we're going to Austin, where I just was. Give me a fucking break. Do they not pull in the viewership? Like, what do you think it is? I think that they have a really shit budget. They've always had a shitty budget. Whenever they do any kind of like cast anything, it's really low budget. Like, the houses are like not great. They don't really leave the country very often. I I don't get it. I mean, at this point, the show's been on for like eight years or something. Like. We can't afford a few tickets to some other country. We're going to Austin. Well, I just have to talk about our baby boy, Zac Efron. He got his star on the Walk of Fame. Unfortunately, that ogre, Kenny Ortega, was there. I just really hope that Zach gets everything in life he's ever wanted. And I thought it was so cute during his speech. He talked about how he still sings like high school musical songs in the shower. He even said, go Wildcats. He talked about Matthew Perry. Like one thing about Zach is he has stayed so humble. And if you guys haven't watched his Hot Ones interview, highly recommend watching that. He's like the most polite guest ever. Yeah. And we actually had a listener went to the walk of fame and dm'd us selfies with zach efron so congratulations i'm so happy for you and not jealous at all (laughs) (laughs) and she said miles teller was like such a dick 
was so unfriendly and rude to people in the crowd. Yeah, that's and like up. he did some like selfies, but was kind of like, I guess. Like he wasn't like it's like Miles Teller, just because you had fucking top gun doesn't mean you can be a dick. He's always so mean. I don't I've never heard anything good about him. There was a whole article written about how nasty and mean he was to an interviewer. Oh. But um, but yeah, just shout out to Zach Efron getting his star on the walk of fame. He's getting really good reviews for Iron Claw. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm just <laughs> just beaming for Zach. And I'm still hope I'm praying that Iron Claw like does something really major for him this year, you know? I hope so. I've seen a lot of like more like Twitter chatter of people who have seen it. And a few people said he wasn't great in it, but then other people are saying it's like his best performance ever. Oh, I hope so. Oscar buzz for Zach. So did you see the Vanderpump trailer? I did. I did see it. What did you think? I was completely shocked that Sheena and Schwartz made out while Schwartz was married to Katie. Mm-hmm. And Sheena commented to Danny Pellegrino. She was like, it was supposed to be taken to the grave. It's like, girl. Love Sheena. Sheena's. And I don't know if you, I saw a clip. She was on a podcast. I think it came out today or yesterday where she was like, I know it was really sad for Ariana, but nobody asked how it affected me. <laughs> it's giving, you know, that clip of when, um when Sandoval punched Jax <laughs> and she was like, does nobody care that I just had face surgery? <laughs> And, and I think Lala is going to turn, you know, at the very end where she's like, this is the first time someone got cheated on and they got like so much out of it. I'm like, Lala, you can rewrite history as much as you want. You can, you can do that. But like, you were the other woman. Yeah. And you can say, Randall said they were getting divorced. You can say all these things, but I will never believe a word that comes out of Lala's mouth. Other than her being sober, I actually do believe she's sober. You know, I was waiting for this moment. I was waiting for this moment where at what point are they not going to be happy for Ariana? Mm -hmm. At what point are they going to be jealous of the fact that Ariana is just being, I mean, people are begging to give her money at this point. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and it's lasted consistently like throughout the entire year. There's been no moment where she's not been the moment. And I'm just like, I was thinking like this could only, for a group of narcissists, this can only last so long. This like, we're all on team Ariana. We're riding the Ariana train. And also the fact that like, listen, you can, we all are completely embarrassed and cringe whenever we see clips of Tom Sandoval performing or doing whatever he does on TikTok. But the, at the end of the day, these people have been friends with him for over a decade and it's not cut and dry. It just can't be like, I was in a friend group like this for most of my life and it's never cut and dry and nobody has ever really gone. And when they are gone, they're not really gone. They, you know what I mean? Like I just, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know? And it seems like it's happening. And of course, Jax is back. Yes. Jax is back. I guess the only other thing that really like stood out to me was apparently Schwartz and Katie are sharing the same girl. Yeah. And we don't need that. Like guys, like I know you want to make good show, like a good season, but that's not necessary. It's just so like, Oh my God. I'm just, you know how I feel about Katie Maloney. You know, I know. And unfortunately I have her in my spirit. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm just like, okay, girl, you got a haircut and you're edgy now and you wear blazers. Calm the fuck down. I think I said to Cara Berry that I liked Katie Maloney. She goes, that suits you. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a Cara response. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I guess like, of course, they're going to come back with a good season when people are like, I'm shocked. This looks good. I'm like, are you? Yeah. I think this is going to be a much better season even than last year because the aftermath of this is more interesting to me than the actual event. Is there anything you're hoping for for the season? Um, I'm hoping, I've, as typical Troy, I'm going to contradict myself. <laughs> I'm hoping that Tom Schwartz really gets like his villain era because he always giggles his way out of being held accountable for anything. And that is so, I can't even imagine what that feels like for Katie. Like to be like, no matter what I say, no matter what I do, no matter how much evidence I put forth, no matter how well thought out my explanation is about my feelings all he has to do is giggle his way out of it and it it works every time and it's just like really old like it's 10 years in like I'm really sick of it I think that's why I like Katie so much is because I saw Schwartz for his I was calling the oh shucks guy yeah like oh I didn't mean to do that I didn't mean to hurt your feelings I'm really sorry that that happened can I have some of your sushi sorry Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping something happens with James Kennedy because I hate that everyone loves him. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I I understand. I love him, but I understand why you do. I I completely get it. Yeah. And I wonder if Raquel will be back like next season or if she's done or you know what? Maybe all right, guys, we made predictions on the episode that's gonna come out on Thursday. And I said Ariana for Raquel's podcast. I think that that's maybe Lala. Could you imagine Lala going on that? Because I kind of can. I can. I would say, I wish I said Lala instead of Ariana. And they're smart. Like she, I think that she knows that that would be like a kind of break the internet moment. You know, Mm -hmm. it would be what Bethany thought she was going to have. Lala will be like, I put down a down payment on a house because of send it to Daryl. But now we're cool because girls should support or women should support women. Oh, can I also just say really quickly before we end the episode that there's a Hulu documentary right now um, about the reality reckoning. Oh, okay. And Bethany's in it. Um, Leah McSweeney is in it. There's a couple cast members from Love is Blind that are on it that talked about like all of their weird shit. Um, You don't really learn a lot, but like it's on brand for our show. Like if you listen to this show, you should watch the reality reckoning Hulu doc. Actually, one more thing people should watch. Troy brought it up, the dark side of comedy on Vice. Mm -hmm. I watched the Family Matters episode. And it's insane, first of all, how like that show was just ran. But also Darius McCrary, who played Eddie Winslow, Mm -hmm. he says this, and I quote, every single child in Hollywood has been touched inappropriately, even ones that you don't expect. Yeah, there's so many blinds about that show. We should do, oh my God, we should do a 90s sitcom episode. I just heard the cheers from all around the world, you bringing that up. Because <laughs> there are some crazy blind items about that set. And like um, Jaleel White just being a monster on set. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you guys haven't 
her or like the dark side of comedy i just watched the ellen episode which was pretty good but the family matters one was like jaw oh god okay well consider it done we're doing a 90s we're doing a tgif episode and as we wrap this up obviously some other things happen like kevin costner and jewel are Mm -hmm. are apparently a couple um cardi b and offset have broken up for the thousandth time diddy made some post being like don't speak out against me (laughs) like you'll regret it basically also, Tamar Braxton just started a public feud with Tommy Lee from Love and Hip Hop. And if there's one person I would not want to be in a feud with is Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee kind of, she kind of dragged her. Like, just very quickly, Tamar, so Tamar Braxton's boy, ex-boyfriend, or boyfriend, whatever you want to call him. He's this, like, kind of nerdy, dorky white guy. And they broke up for a little bit. During the time that they were broken up, he went on a date with Tommy Lee and took her to a basketball game. Tommy Lee posted it on her Instagram story. Tamar the other night performed and said, and I quote, I had to go get my man back. She said, I hope you didn't think that just because my man took a crackhead to a basketball game that it was over between us. Tommy Lee immediately responded with all these receipts that made Tamar look so bad. And yeah, a mess. Messy, 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 messy. And I guess to end on a high note, Hillary Duff is pregnant with her fourth child. Yeah, <laughs> good for Hillary. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I know that the pop culture episodes have been mistaken on public, that the episodes have been incorrect. It is a bug on our fucking platform. And we are so sorry that it has happened more than once, honestly. Honestly, fuck technology. That's how I feel. I'm very Selena Gomez right now about technology. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you celebrate Hanukkah, I hope it was incredible. I hope the holiday season continues to be good for people because it's, it's a tough time of year for a lot of people. It's a really fucked up time of year just in general, but we are going to be releasing episodes throughout the rest of December. So there's that. So we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.